You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. essentially what we've been saying let's start from matthew 23 37 you see scripture there that is um is interesting as well as shocking and um it's our lord jesus christ that is speaking and he was talking to the jews and he said oh let's read it together please oh jerusalem jerusalem the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wing, but you were not willing. Let's see the next verse. Your house is left to you desolate. Continue, please. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. We see in this passage our Lord Jesus expressing his frustration. Jesus, the Almighty, with him nothing is what? Impossible. But we see impossible things before him. He said, how often I try to do what? To gather your children, to bring you. Why does the hand bring the chicks under her wings? For protection, for safety, for warmth. When the hand finds food somewhere, it brings also the chicks under and under the wings that they're eating. So everything that they needed, he said, I want to give it to you. But yet he was unsuccessful. But for us, he will succeed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Something very key that he said here, which I don't want us to miss. So Jesus says here, he says what? For I say to you what? You shall see me no more till you say what? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, what is happening here? Romans 12 that we read on, on Sunday said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that what? Your bodies are sacrificed, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Praise God. And then he says, do not what? Be conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that's where we started from now see something jesus is saying here lord jesus is saying it says until you say blessed is he look at the beginning you know what they were doing before they were stoning those who were coming in the name of the lord are you seeing something so it says from stoning them when you begin to receive them when you begin to long for them when you begin to see them as deliverers then that's when you'll be blessed. It's a change of mind. Until the believer looks at the word of God and says, this word is good for me. It's a blessing to me. Whether it's a word on giving, whether it's a word on forgiveness, whatever the word says, until you see every word of God and say, blessed is the word of God that has come to me. Praise the Lord. Interestingly, as Old Testament, as Ex let's have Exodus 34 on the screen. We looked at it on Sunday also. As Old Testament as it is, in Exodus 34, I saw something there that was, you know, in, very interesting. And it caught my attention. 
Do you know that from verse 1, we're told that the Lord said to Moses, this was after he had broken the two tablets in response or in anger to the rebellion of the children of Israel. When God gave him the second opportunity to bring the two tablets again, God said, okay, bring it from verse 1. I read, and the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I'll write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. So be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain. And no man shall come up with you and let no man be seen throughout all the, all the mountain. Let neither flocks nor, nor herds feed before that mountain. So he caught two tablets of stone like the first ones. Then Moses rose early in the morning and went up Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he took his in, in his hand the two tablets of stone. Now, the two tablets of stone, what do they represent? What's going to be on them? The laws of God, the Ten Commandments, isn't it? So we see Moses here. When he was asked to present the blank sheet for the commandments of God, before God gave him the commandment, God said, this is who is giving you commandment. So when you read it now, you see, verse 5, let me read them. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, and proclaim the name of the before he gave him the commandment. This is what God says. He says what? And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed what? The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Praise the Lord. Can we see something that is happening here? He was going to make demands on them. But before he made one, he said, this is who I am. This is who I am. Is there any, any, anyone here who has someone you respect so much? Who has been very kind to you, very benevolent to you? Have you received a harsh demand from him? Almost impossible. Because you've known over time that this person is just good to you. So even when he asks of you something that is difficult, you don't see what he's asking. You see who you're dealing with. Christianity is when you come. The true faith of Jesus is when you transcend beyond the words and the laws and the codes and begin to see God. That's why Jesus made it a complete difference. Because you see, he came and like the apostle Paul says, he says we heard of him, we saw him and we have touched him. We can relate to God. Praise the Lord. So who is this God? The Lord God what? Merciful. So when he says thou shalt not, thou shalt not. When you focus on the thou shalt not or thou shalt, you have already denied who he is. Are you getting it then? He says, this is who I am. Now, praise God. When they say someone is merciful, what immediately comes to your mind? If you offend him, he will forgive you, isn't it? Praise the Lord. But if the one who is merciful is not only merciful, if he's also omniscient, are you with me? So merciful is if I offend him, he will do what? Omniscient means what? And if he knows everything, what will he know? He knows that I will offend him. Now, if he knows I will offend him and he's merciful, don't you think he would tell me what to do so I don't offend him? 
When we call God merciful, it's not always a late mercy. It's a mercy in anticipation. So when God says, don't do something, he's being merciful. Because he knows just like a mother tells a child, don't play with the hot iron. It's mercy. The mother is not merciful because he rushes the child to the hospital. Are you seeing God? That's who he is. So everything he says to you. You see, if I bring one billion, how will it increase God? I brought it from his earth. Everything he's telling me is because he is merciful towards me. And every temptation and attack from the enemy is not attacking any other. It's attacking the attitude you will have towards God or you think God has towards you. So if you go back to Genesis, Adam and Eve had no need. I, I can't overemphasize it. Maybe you can call me pastor, no need. Adam and Eve, they had no need. There was no woman for Adam to lust after. There was nothing to covet. Everything belonged to them. So what was the temptation there? The temptation was, God is not loving you like he ought to. That's it. And you shouldn't trust him. That was what the serpent brought. So when we focus on all these other base things, we miss the real temptation. The heat there was, this God is not merciful. This God is not good. This God is not kind. This God doesn't have plans for you. I have a better plan. And everything you are going through, everything I'm going through, every temptation the child of God goes through is targeted at the same thing where you come to judge that God is not really as good as he is. But tonight, somebody is going beyond the skies. You're going higher. Praise the Lord. Like the man who said, I'm seated in heavenly places. I don't mind. I've heard his voice. I know he loves me. Praise the Lord. You see, these are some of the things. So this is a foundation. And if you read the Bible throughout the scriptures, interestingly, God made sure he put these things everywhere. So this is background to our text. So let's go to our text of Romans 12 again. And we see something there. It says, I beseech you, therefore, praise God. Let's start from what we're asked to do. It says, present your bodies, isn't it? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. You know, someone can just come and tell you, Abed, Abed, can, can I use your car? Can I use your car? Can, can you give me this? Can you give this? God never does that. Just like we saw in Exodus 34. Before he wrote on the tablets, he said, this is me. So when you read something there, okay, let's take an example now. When he says, six days shall you walk. On the seventh day, you must rest. Somebody might think he wants to reduce his profitability. Praise God. But he had told you he loves you. He had told you he's merciful towards you. So if there's anything good, can you say after me, God will never withhold any good thing from me. He won't. Any good thing with our understanding of good. God will never, he will never, he will never, never withhold anything good. Why? Because his nature is good. Okay, so still in our text. So it says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Okay, why do you want my body a living sacrifice? They told us why we should. It says, I beseech you. The word beseech is what? I plead with you. I beg you. Okay? I entreat you. Okay? I demand. It's also I demand. And it says, I demand. Why? It says, because. That's what. You see, it says, because 
by reason of the mercies of God. Do you know why you and I struggle with presenting ourselves? We have not seen his mercies. How many married women are here? How many of you were kidnapped into your husband's house? You know what you saw? You saw Bobo that was toasting you. That was telling you some nice things. Eh? That bought you, if it's uh, today's time, bought you showerman and some other things, isn't it? And by the showerman, the toasting, you presented yourself. A living sacrifice. Forsaking all other men, isn't it? You left your father and mother. Isn't it what you did? And they say, don't marry this man. He said, no, I won't marry him. Isn't that what you did? God is saying, the apostle Paul is saying here, people of God, because of the mercies of God, when you know the goodness of God, nobody will be pushing you to serve him. Nobody will be reminding you to be faithful to him. It won't work. It's a lack of the knowledge of God, like we said on Sunday, uh, Habakkuk 4.6. It's a lack of the knowledge of God that is creating problems in the church. And unfortunately, brothers and sisters, when people gather in church, they don't teach them the knowledge of God. They teach them the knowledge of his promises, which can never bring the knowledge of God. You don't learn the promises of God. They are on the side. When you know the person, you know why? The promises of God are the greatest risk a man can hang on. You know, because he will not always do it. We've learned here that his will supersedes his power. He will not always do it. If you're a young Christian, please forgive me, but if you're mature, you'll be saying, they'll be reminding you some instances now. But the knowledge of God, I, I like, there's one song we sang here that caught my attention. Um, I have a living home. I, I have a future. He said, God has a plan for me. It's bigger than a promise. God is a deliverer. He didn't deliver Joseph from his brothers. God is a deliverer. He didn't deliver him from Potiphar's house. Rather, he allowed him to be thrown into prison. You know why? Because God had a plan. The plan of God is superior to any promise. And it took a Joseph who trusted in the love of God to keep cooperating. If not, he would have backslidden. And they'll find another person. They'll find another person. So it says, I beseech you, I beg you, brethren, by what? The mercies of God is based on, is based on who is this God? The Lord. The Lord God, merciful and what? Gracious. The Lord God, omnipotent. The Lord God, omniscient. The Lord God, om this is the God you're dealing with. People will kill for their political bosses. People are ready to do all kinds of things. People will do things depending on who they measure it's to be done for. So look at your life and ask yourself, am I really behaving like it's this God I'm dealing with? Are you with me? It has nothing to do with church. It has nothing to do with all. No, no. It's, it says, I beg you on account of the message. You can replace that word, the message, on the awesomeness, the goodness, the greatness, the wisdom, the power. On account of it, what should be your response? That's why he called it reasonable. Because when you see it, brethren, the zeal of the Lord will eat you up. When you comprehend it, you will have no need for any man to tell you, seek the Lord. 
You would, nobody would need to encourage. David saw it. And when everything was against him, you know what he did? He encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, we read Bible and all of them on white pages. You know what it means to come back and not that they stole it from your house. They burnt down the house. Wife, children, everybody taken. And your soldiers are talking of stoning you. If someone had a right to be conformed to the situation, David should have been conformed. But something inside him said, The Lord is my shepherd. Though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. The Lord is my strength and my song. You know, he began to think, Who did I enter this contract with? Not the terms of the contract. Praise the Lord. It's not the terms. Because if you've done business long enough, you know that technicalities can cost you a lot. A mix-up of date in the contract can make you lose anything. But the character and integrity of the party can make sure you enjoy the benefit. So he says, I beseech you by the masses. I beg you, brethren, please, let us pray. Lord, I want, when you read the Bible, try and find the character of God. Find the track record of God. What is in his mind? What is he thinking about? What's your plan towards me? That's why you could say, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. He said, are thoughts of good, not of evil. I'm working to bring you to an expected end. And you know what? That's his plan for every one of us. Praise the Lord. And the sooner you and I comprehend it, it begins to make things easy. Let me show you one or two other scriptures that help us. Colossians 3, we're going to come back to Romans 1. Colossians 3, 12 and 13. It says, therefore... As the elect of God, holy and beloved. Are <laughs> you seeing it? Anywhere they are putting a demand on you, first of all, they tell you the deposit they made in you. Somebody say, I'm the elect of God. The same way the Bible says, therefore you are what? An elect of God. What are you struggling for without someone who is not elected? It didn't stop there. It says holy. And then it says beloved. The elect of God, holy and what? Beloved. If this is all that I am, why should putting on mercy be difficult for me? Why should kindness be difficult? Why should humility be difficult for me? Why should forgiving? When you see a Christian, like, you know, we're learning, I think it was uh, Dick and Radar. If, when you see a Christian struggling not to forgive or not to do things, it's because he has not fully received it. What you have received, can I tell you something? Even when you don't want to give it, it will be falling off of you. So it says, as the elect, I want you to see, God chose you. He said, you've not chosen me, isn't it? But I have what? Chosen you and appointed you. Okay? The, 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 when you think about your life, think this is who I am. And then he says, you are holy, made holy. This is not the holy of your action now. This is the holy of the election. Praise the Lord. I, I don't know about Nigeria, but in the United States, once you become a presidential candidate, or I don't know which level, maybe senator and all of them, they give you FBI security. You see, the nomination comes with something already. So because God has elected you, the blood of Jesus has also made you holy. You can have access to God. And then he goes on to say, you are beloved, they are not managing you. Do you understand? When you have all this for you, why will you be shouting like wild dog? Have you seen a Jebota dog? Eh? Well, it will just be doing like this. Because he knows that when time for food is ready, they will call him for food. But when you see a cookie, 
he has to find his meal because he doesn't know where. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anything, I started by saying, anything you find in this world that is asking something of you, it's only reasonable. Let me say it's only reasonable. It's only reasonable. If you can begin to comprehend. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. It says something there. I mean, that one has helped me. Not just personally, but as a church. You know, let, let me tell you, as we open to 1 Corinthians 6, 20. Let me tell you something. I don't look at this church. Where, you know, have you heard me say, I'm the pastor? I, I can't even say it. I tell people I'm a pastor in. Because even that one is difficult for me. Because I see myself as serving here. I'm not even your leader. You know, have you? I'm not your leader. I'm serving here. Jesus is our leader. Praise the Lord. Because when he bought the church, the Bible says the church that he purchased with his own blood. My blood didn't enter there. My blood would have spoiled it. Do you understand? My blood would have spoiled the equation. Nothing of mine entered there. So the church is his. We all are his. I understand. So my responsibility here is as someone that they've given the privilege to serve the church that he purchased with his own blood. So when you see people behaving anyhow, it's because maybe they bought the church with their own, I don't know, maybe with their gifts, you know, maybe with their, you know, oratory gifts. At least, thank God I don't have any of those. So it's only the blood that can keep someone in the Father's church. And I'm not telling you you'll be a billionaire every day. And I'm not killing your enemies. Rather, I'm sending you to go and love them. So, if you're coming here, God must be the one bringing you here. You're on your own. I'm on my own. Together, we are for him. Praise the Lord. So, First Corinthians 6, what is it? It says, for you were what? Bought at a price. Wait, till. how many have something they bought here? Is this your phone? This your phone. Imagine if this phone, after service, I'm not going with you. Eh? The phone says, Chris is my guy. I'm going with Chris. What will you tell the phone? <laughs> what will you tell? The, you'll remind the phone how you went to Samsung eh? and paid with your ATM card. Do you understand? You are my, I bought you. Now, the Bible says you and I were what? Bought at a price. When you give God excuses of your body, you've forgotten who bought you. Many of us here have employees. And sometimes their temperature is 100, is 100 high, I don't know. You know, you can see the man shivering, but you employed him for a job. You can see him shivering, you just turn your eyes away. I employed you, I didn't employ you to be lying down. Go and do what you should do. You see, you have that mindset that you expect something to be done because you did what? You bought it. The Bible is saying, my body, your body. What happened to it? It was bought. It was bought. So when you answer the call of God, or you're responding to the call of God, remember whose it is. Or even what's still, or not what's still, more interesting. Thing. When they tell you how to dress that body, don't tell, I don't, I, any skirt that is longer than my knee, I can't wear it. If you want to wear anyone you like, go and rebuy your body. Do you understand? This body you have now, someone has bought it. So if he says, you know, I say it here, one, maybe this new year, I'll declare hijab. <laughs> you can't even walk. You're walking like this. 
I'll just declare hijab by the Spirit of God. Eh? Because you were bought what? With a price. You were bought with a price. Therefore, do what? Glorify the one who bought you. The point I'm taking there is this. It's one thing to come and start saying, you must glorify God, you must glorify God. No. If you were not bought, you're free. If you have not been redeemed, let, let's look at the other one, which used the, the passage redeemed. First Peter 1. I, I, I like the way that message, First Peter 1, 18. Message had to speak broken English in that one. First Peter 1, 18. If you, if you have it on the screen, let's, let's see the way it's captured there. He said, it costs God plenty. Can you see? It costs God what? Plenty. <laughs> it it costs God plenty. You see, <laughs> let's go to King James, New King James now. 17 to 19, let, let's see. It says, and if you and I call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's word, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in what? In fear, reverence. It says, knowing that you were not redeemed with what? Corruptible things like silver or gold. Can I tell you something? For someone who is under pressure, should I lean to what my boss or my business or whatever is demanding on me? The highest you can get from your business is gold or silver. Isn't it? The highest a man can reward you with is gold or silver. So if we were bought with things like that, you can tell God, that what is at stake here is too much. But look at what it says. It says, we were not redeemed with any such things. But what? Let's jump to 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He said, this is what is in competition. So if you can bring value that is higher than this, you're permitted to make a choice contrary. But if what is at stake is at the level of silver or gold. He said, you're not at that level. You've left that level. It makes it easy for you to choose. In the moments of decision, what is at stake? So now the, the scripture here is telling, reminding us why. This is what you were bought for. And then I, I like the part that says, from your aimless, can, can we do um, either the Living Bible or NLT, any of them, if we have it, verse 18. From your aimless conduct, 18. Thank you. It says, for you know that God paid a ransom to save, for I know, let me, for I know that God paid a ransom to save me from the empty life I inherited from my word. And you see, it was all empty before when I came in. But when this thing happened, hope came. Praise the Lord. Hope came, assurance came. And this is what was invested to make me. I want us to see why and how being different should not be a challenge for us. Why should we be different? Why should we be different, brother? I cannot, pastor. Because our blessing is a reserved blessing. Are you with me? It's a reserved. Let's go back to Romans 12. Now. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, isn't it? But be you what? Transformed. So what does that mean? It means that sister, brother, when we are put in a case study, our responses to stimulation will be different. What we say to the same event will be what? Different. Why? Because we will not conform. Rather, we are what? Transformed already. 
Now, what will bless us, the blessing I'm looking for, and the blessing you are looking for, brothers and sisters, is not in the places of confirmation. It's in the places of transformation. In the places of confirmation, there is the water, the rain that falls on the just and on the wicked. But in the places of transformation is a place where there is wisdom ten times better than every other person. And until you are transformed, you will say it does not exist. Until you bring yourself to that place, you will imagine God never had such a plan. Imagine, just imagine, if in Joseph's case, at the point of Potiphar's wife, Joseph said, everybody you know that I've tried. Hmm? I've tried. And just decide to, I mean, let him chill and start, you know, living without God. Will he be put in prison? Will he have anything to do with Pharaoh's butler and the uh, chief baker? And then the dream will not come to pass. And then it will be that it was just a dream. No, he conformed. So he was unable to prove. Are you following me? Whenever we conform, we are unable. We disqualify ourselves from proving that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So when you're taught on holiness, when you're taught on sanctification, when you're taught to be a man of steel, when you're taught to be a, a woman of valor, it is so that you can be separated from the crowd, that the blessing of God can alight on you. It's not to punish you, praise the Lord. It's not just to make things hard for you. It's because there is a plan. There is a plan. There is a plan, people of God. There is a plan. So the responsibility of the preacher, my responsibility and every one of us when we stand, is not to preach about how God will overpower you and bless you. It's not scriptural. There is nobody in the Bible that God overpowered and blessed. They cooperated and entered into the blessing. Even Esther. Esther was given a simple instruction from Mordecai. Don't reveal your heritage. Go and read about every one of them. So when you and I come to church, the job of the preacher is to preach you into where you believe God enough to cooperate with him. To cooperate with him. Praise the Lord. Yes. To come to that place where what God has already prepared you now agree with him and then you follow the path and receive it. That's a challenge. And that's why our nation is like this. Because multitudes of us who are called Christians don't know this God. We are claiming a lot of things. We are contending for a lot of things. But we don't know him. There is no knowledge of God in the land. There is no knowledge. When the knowledge of God comes, it will make a people different. And when those people are different, they will draw down the blessings of God, the power of God, the favor of God, the established way out of God. So tonight, what we are learning is this, to see the message, to see the attitude, to see the kind of God that we have, so that cooperation will not be painful, it will be delightful. I understand it. It will be delightful. Because if you... <laughs> The Bible said, delight yourself what? And what would that do? Do you know what the word delight? It said, enjoy him. Until they say what? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Until you embrace this God for him. And then the desires of your heart that you thought, you just begin, oh, wow. Oh, that's what he wants. Why? Because remember from the beginning, God has a plan. He wants his knowledge to do what? 
the knowledge of the glory of God to do what? To cover the earth as the water has covered the sea. So if you and I just succeed without any testimony, I mean, do you know how Joseph's testimony, Daniel's testimony, and all this testimony, do you know how that blessing us today? Imagine if you read the Bible and they say there was a man named Joseph. He was the prime minister of Egypt. He was the mightiest man, just like that. Then every one of us will go and be playing lottery. Do you understand? Lottery Christianity. No, there's no lottery in Christianity. There's a promise and there's a path. Everybody God blessed. You see, there was a path. And that path was not accidental. It was intentional. And the intent there was because they believed God. The Bible says, Abraham believed what? And it was what? Accounted to him for righteousness. Not the promises. I'm not against the promises. You see, the promises are at a level. It's just like, how many of us have been in a situation where maybe you're talking with someone about a business or something. When people get serious, the tone changes. I remember many years ago when we went to, to um, apply for UK visa. And the man was just, you know, chatting with us and asking questions. We were laughing and all of that. After a while, the man now changed. It was our first UK visa. He said, now, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Ikenokeke, I'd like to tell you that I'm going to give you a, a UK visa. But if you go, make sure. I said, no, be this man. Where would they laugh with now? Until I realized that that laughter is the laughter that when they finish laughing, they'll give you back your passport and you go without visa. But when he was going to give us visa, he wanted to explain to us that these are the terms. So there are some things that are okay at the periphery. But when you come in, do you understand? When you come in, then they begin to tell you this is how it works in here. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, by the mercies of God, somebody say, Lord, let me know you. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to be able to hold on to you. I want to be able to grab you. Because, listen, people of God, situations will come to you and in your life where it will seem as if God had forsaken you because he didn't do something. You know the only thing that will keep you in those moments? You know him. You know him. When you know somebody, you can look beyond their actions. You can be strengthened beyond their weaknesses. You know that this is not in their nature. Praise the Lord. And that is what the Spirit of God is calling on. He said, let us come to know this God. So that, as I try to begin to round up. So that what should we do? We present our bodies, what? Living sacrifices. That's an interesting word now. See that they didn't say, because of his message, present to Present to him your body so you become above and not beneath. So you become the first. You become the greatest. Is that what he said? What should you do? You present your body as what? Okay, anybody here had ever seen where they made a sacrifice? But if you've not seen life, you would have seen movies, isn't it? When they bring the chicken as sacrifice, eh? what happens to the chicken? Whatever is brought, Abby, the blood remains there. Is dead, you know, and the high priest chops and his family. When the Bible says I should present my body a living sacrifice, first thing you must see there is this. I must settle it that the moment I'm presented, it's no longer about me. In fact, as I was looking at this, I saw that it was actually easier to be a matter because a matter is a sacrifice that expires immediately. 
and you say, I believe in Jesus, I'll not recant. They kill you. That's the end of the world. But I believe in Jesus, they don't kill you. Means you have to continue to believe. Do you understand? You have to continue to believe. Continue to believe. Okay? So when it comes to food matter, they give those who don't believe in Jesus chicken. Okay? And they give you one. At that time, will you continue to believe? You say, I believe. So you starve. <laughs> Rain starts falling. They say those who don't believe in Jesus enter into the shadow, enter into the shade and sleep. You that believe in Jesus, okay, let the rain. Then again, what do you do? The matter has died once, so the living sacrifice's death never finishes. Continuous dying, continuous dying is a living sacrifice. So it's a sacrifice, but they didn't kill you yesterday. So you wake up today, you say maybe today is the day. And then they won't kill you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And by the grace of God, they won't kill you. But there's, I, I've asked us this question many years ago. Because I heard someone say it as a young Christian. And I thought it was absurd. You know? He said, how many of you have prayed that God should kill you? You've not prayed it? I've prayed it too. You see, there, there are some situations you come, not financial. It's just struggle of plan and purpose you don't know what god you're sure you go to he said god just take me this i'm not taking you you're still a sacrifice because it's a shortcut you just go bam he said you're not going to remain here you often wonder police will shoot arm rob and take him to hospital they want to treat him bring him back so that he can suffer the punishment well okay so living your life it means you make a choice today and tomorrow you're to make another one and then tomorrow to what? Make another one. But people of God, it says by the mercies of God. Not because he's wicked. Not because he's unable to save you. Not because he can't deliver you. The Bible says that through us, he will do what? Diffuse the fragrance of Christ in every place. When the sacrifice is made once and for all, they burn it on the altar and, in, and smoke goes up, isn't it? And that's the end of it. But when you're a living sacrifice, you go to work, the fragrance ascends. You're driving on the road, the fragrance is ascending. You come home to your husband, he manifests his own. You also bring out the fragrance, it ascends. You go to, to, to your neighbors, the fragrance ascends. What happens is that your sacrifice, the Bible says, a sweet-smelling aroma. Heaven is just looking at your life and rejoicing. Do you often ponder on that scripture in Hebrews 12, which says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud, do you see them? You need to see them. Tell your neighbor you need to see them. It will help you. Praise the Lord. Don't see just the likes and the thing on, on, on social media. See the heavenly cloud. Because you see, there are so many things that if you're doing alone on your own, you might struggle with it. I've told you here, you know, when I'm doing exercise and my wife is by my side, I do more. When I finish... Then I'll add her own as husband, you know. You don't want to see your husband doing like this. <laughs> so when, the, when my energy has finished, I'll say my wife is here. I'll do. <laughs> because one cloud of witness. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now for your Christian journey, I want you, if you're a sister here, I want you to remember People like Ruth, like Esther, like Mary. If you're a young man, remember David. See that they're watching you. See that they're looking at you. What will you say? Joseph is there. 
You're about being tempted in the, in the area of uh, sexual sin. And Joseph is clapping for you, saying, Ride on. I pass the baton to you. Ride on, ride on, ride on. See them. Because this thing is real. Praise the Lord. This thing is real. They are watching us. And all of that, all of that, it says that you may prove what is that word? Good, acceptable. So that you will come to see that goodness of God, what? Manifested in your life. That's what it's about. It's not just so that I can come and share how you're suffering, you know, how uh, uh, nobody, you know, stood by you and you suffered alone, you swept the whole church alone. No, that's not it. It's because God will confirm. One of the names and one of the things God calls himself is a rewarder. Say, he's what? A rewarder. Reward does not come in advance. Reward does not come in advance. Reward comes many times after you have gone unnoticed. And he'll say, come. I say, stand up. And he begins to say things. Things begin to happen in your life. Then everyone say, ah, wow. Then you will now tell the story. You will tell your story in Jesus' name. I said, you will tell your story in Jesus' name. So we are called to give up, but not to lose. It's not a loss. It's not a loss. By the message, we measure it. It says, I beg you, on account of the message of God, the goodness of God, say, present your body, present your dream, present your career, present your days, present your hours, present everything you're going through, present that hurt. Somebody has been hurt. He said, give it up. Give it up. You have some resource. He said, present it. Every one of them, present it. Why? The one you're doing, it was the Jews. The Jews that said to Jesus concerning the centurion, he said, the man who has made this request of you is worthy. And tonight I can say, the God that you have come to serve is what? Is worthy. Is worthy. I want you to think on the largeness, on the grandeur, on the majesty of God. The one who will someday reward you. The one who will someday advertise you. The one who someday, I like the word of God. It's just that many times the enemy does not allow us to capture the truth. Have you forgotten the parable of the talents? Where Jesus says, when the master came back, what did he say? He said, well done, thou good and what? Faithful servant. He said, you have been what? Faithful over a few. He says, I will reward you with ten cities. They were running a business in a city. They were rewarded with cities. So assuming their business was electricity, they didn't have uh, transportation, they didn't have housing, they didn't have agriculture. But when God was going to reward them, he didn't reward them with agriculture. He gave them 10 cities more. That's how big your God is. As we round up tonight, I want you to begin to see when the, the Bible says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or imagine. It's not out of space that the Bible puts it there. It's because that is the truth. Last night as we were praying, God was saying, He said, I'm a God of wonder. Let, let me try and use this and explain what I've been saying so nobody misunderstands me, please. I'm not against holding on to the promises of God. But what I'm saying is that God is bigger than what He has promised. He can do much more than what you have heard. That's why it says, behold, I do what? Can you hold on to the new thing? What you can only hold on is yesterday. If you're in debt, he will do it this way, isn't it? If this happens, he'll do Joseph in prison must have been saying, finally, they will bring me out and send me back to Israel. But he didn't know that God will bring him out and shave his head and put upon him the robe of royalty. 
not in his father's house he was the beloved of his father's house and he was looking for restoration lord restore me to the place i had with my father he would have gone and been a of a shepherd but the plan of god was that he'll become the prime minister the ajebo of pharaoh pharaoh said no man would drink water in my reign unless at your word joseph could never have prayed for that because god would do beyond your wildest imagination let's go to him in prayer he's the god of wonders somebody is in pain now somebody is suffering somebody's in distress and you're thinking if it's not a is b if it's not b is c but tonight i want you to lift up your eyes your god is bigger your god is greater your god is mightier he's such an awesome god he's a god without dimensions that's what he said to us last night he said i have no dimensions you can't measure me even my universe my universe if, if there's a scientist amongst us you know the universe has been growing as they find better equipment they find that it's bigger than they thought as they find better equipment they find that it's bigger because god said let there be it is still growing his world is growing his goodness is growing his wonders are growing his mercies are growing his miracles are growing he's a god who raises the dead yes but he does much more than that he's a god who heals but he does much more than that he is your god he is the mighty god he's the lord the lord god merciful and gracious mighty always doing wonders always introducing something that you didn't know before tonight i want you to lift up your heart to him and say i will worship you i will serve you i will trust you tell him lord you are good tell him lord you're worthy of my trust you're worthy of my faith you're worthy of my confidence no wonder the songwriter sang only a god like you could be worthy of all my hope and faith to you i bow my knees this god is our god he is the god of heavens he's the god who has a plan he's not a god that is running helter skelter trying to solve a problem he has a plan I, oh i love the scripture i love the scripture the, 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 the apostle peter was preaching and he said to the to, to the son he said you by wicked hands with the together with the gentiles took him and crucified but he said that was the predeterminate counsel of god in all that is happening god's plan and purpose is yet being accomplished lord i surrender you said i should present my body tonight i'm presenting it somebody present your circumstance everything that there is lord we surrender to you and please we will also present our nation nigeria this and this and this that are happening all of this lord we are presenting it to you lord we ask for forgiveness as in people we ask for forgiveness as your church let the knowledge of god flood our land let the knowledge of your goodness of your power of your wisdom of your eternality let it flood our world oh lord lord help us tonight lord let our minds be transformed help me oh lord help me help me help me help me lord you are worthy you are worthy you are good 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 the merciful god the gracious god the king immortal only wise <laughs> the god who alone who alone is wise besides him the devil is foolish 
besides him the wise are counted as nothing he is king eternal the immortal who alone is wise the only potentate of the increase of his kingdom there will never no one has opposed him lord we worship you i want you to surrender all to him tonight oh i forgot to mention that maybe some other time but that's the privilege of being a sacrifice the, the, the priest has to maintain you a living he has to keep you he has to see to it that you come and go lord this is who i am and i give it to you i give it to you i give it to you i may not be strong but you said my weakness is okay i should bring it i may not be wise but even my folly i bring to you lord i can't even boast don't leave me for one moment because i can't make it without you i can't stand without you the psalmist cried out had it not been for the lord who was on my side tonight as a church we are saying lord it is you that we have it is you that we have he said the young men shall utterly fall and those that but those who wait those who wait tonight we surrender you are our god you are our god the husband of the widow the father of the fatherless the comforter of the comfortless you are our god you are the bread of life you are our living water you are our light you are god to us we worship you we hallow your name we hallow your name but just exalt the lord exalt the lord sanctify now the lord god in your heart lift him above it above it yes above that is a real situation but i will not judge god based on it i will judge him based on his goodness on his nature on his character he has never failed the bible says concerning sarah it says she judged god faithful she judged god faithful he said this god <laughs> as a church we judge you faithful we say you are good we say you are kind we say you are wonderful we say nobody's like you no one can be compared to you you hear every faithful prayer you answer lord you are mighty we worship you 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 Lord, you are good. We worship you. We worship you. Begin to thank him. Begin to say to him from tonight, Lord, I want to offer my life a living sacrifice. Tell him that. Don't, don't think of how you're going to do it. What I need to give to you, you'll give to me to give to you. Uh, no man is sufficient. Isn't it what the Bible says? No one is sufficient to this. No one, no one. We offer it. As an assembly, we offer our lives. We offer our circumstances. We offer our situation. We offer our nation. We offer even this generation, oh Lord. We say as a church, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We say as a church, we delight ourselves in you. We declare as a church, you are all that we want. You are all that we need. Tonight, we respond to your love. We respond to your mercy. We respond to your wisdom. We respond to your plan and we present our bodies 
a living sacrifice. We do not imagine we are able. But you promise that you work in us both to will and to do of your own good pleasure. So we surrender and we bring our families, we bring our wives, our children, everyone named amongst us and we say, Father, we surrender to you. We say you are worthy. You are worthy. You are deserving, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father. Let it become our experience that we will prove in this generation and to our world and show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Father, for your word says, there are multitudes in the valley of decision. There are people who are saying, who will show us any good? Lord, find my sister. Find my brother. Find my sister. Find my brother. Find this family. Find this household. Find this business. Make us, oh Lord, witnesses unto you. Thank you, O Lord our God. Thank you, our Father. For in Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. Praise the Lord, somebody. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenaokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.